4: It Radio. All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Fix It Radio KLZ 560. Thanks for joining me today, and it is going to be a beautiful, I believe, first day of spring. Day is not today. The first day of spring. Guys are shaking their heads at me. Yes, Larry Younger is answering phones, of course. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. We got a special guest trying to join us here in a few minutes. If not, uh, we'll continue on without, just like we always do. And I hope all of you fared fairly well with the snow we had last weekend. We did a few things differently station-wise here because we weren't sure exactly, according to the newscasters of course, the weathermen, we were supposed to have a lot more snow uh, midday Saturday and as it turned out, as you all know, it came in much later but was still a very strong storm and there was lots and lots of naysayers. I watched a lot of folks out there on all the different social media uh, sources really dogging the weatherman. that I even saw some stories on some of the news stations where some of those guys ate their words afterwards. And all I will say is all of you that have moved in here from other places that are not natives like myself and others that listen to this program on a regular basis, and even some of us that do the program, uh, that's Colorado for you. There's many, many times where uh, you know they predict something that doesn't quite come to fruition and or it comes in differently. Or it gets stalled. And, you know, in defense of the weather guys, too, I want to make sure that I say this as well. In defense of the weather guys, weathermen, weather people, whoever I'm supposed to say that. In defense of them, this Rocky Mountain range that you're looking at to the west of us has a lot to do with our weather and why it gets very tricky sometimes. I know a lot of you out there listening get frustrated at that, and a lot of folks out there on social media were frustrated by the By the forecast not being correct, but to give those guys a little bit of slack, it is more difficult when we've got this mountain range to the west, and it it makes it a lot harder. So in today's show, we're going to be joined here in just a little bit. We'll talk to Dave Hart again from RoofMax. We had him on here a few weeks ago, and he's been out and inspecting a few roofs, and we'll get Dave on a little bit later, talk about some of what we just went through with the snow and some of what you should be looking at. Uh, as we head into springtime, we have also, just by the way, may have a little bit of snow coming in here the first of the week, a couple of days worth. And again, depending upon the forecast and what you're looking at, uh, could have anywhere from about one to three inches of snow. So we'll see how that goes. And depending upon what part of town you're in, you may just have that falling and turning into uh, uh, regular liquid moisture and not stacking up a snow because the pavement will be fairly warm after today. But again, it depends on how things set up, how cold it gets. And so on. So we'll talk today about some housing market tips. I do have some tips there uh, for you all that we'll go through. And on top of that, again, we'll have Dave joining us. But on top of that, if you got any questions for us, anything that happened through the snowstorm, stuff that you'd like to discuss, you know, maybe how to be better prepared in the future, 303-477-5600. Again, 303-477-5600. So a couple of stories on my end. Pet peeves, I guess you could say. Charlie and Larry both know I have lots of them. But one of my huge pet peeves, and all you guys know that I plow snow for a living, outside of what I do here on air, and uh, all other sundry things. But one of my pet peeves when plowing snow is when, and I had this happen to me on a couple of different occasions last weekend, when the neighbors park in a commercial parking lot because they think They won't get plowed in by the city plow drivers, so then they go and move over to one of the uh, what they think are empty lots next to them, thinking that it's no big deal. Well, frankly, for those of us that plow commercial parking lots, it is a big deal. You're being extremely selfish when you do those things, by the way. If you're one of those people that did that and you're listening to me, shame on you. First of all, you're parking on private property that doesn't belong to you. Second of all, you think you're going to get out of something that, frankly, you're not. Because as I go and plow private parking lots, I am not going to plow your vehicle out. In fact, my rule with even all of our crews that are out plowing snow is you stay as far away from some of those vehicles as possible. And if it just so happens that the snow rolls off your blade into that vehicle... Then so be it. I am not paying attention and and going to help folks dig out of parking lots that shouldn't be there in the first place. So that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, you know, if you're if if you don't have the ability to park in front of your house or your own garage, please don't use a private parking lot to park during a big storm. Again, you're being extremely selfish and not looking out for the other folks that are out there trying to provide a service and do what they can. And in my particular case, on a couple of parking lots, all you do is slow down that progress that those other folks may be making and in my particular case uh, there's one particular area that i plow i'm not going to get into details but uh, what when i plow it there's a typically a sidewalk there that i can really help my crews out by running my snowblade down it but when two neighbors park right next to the sidewalk it, it it does not enable me to do that therefore all of my crews have to spend that much more time effort and energy especially when we've got snow that's two foot drifted above that even. Uh, Point being, don't do that. You're being very selfish when you do so. And if you've got a problem, you know, in front of your house when it comes to, you know, local plows and so on, uh, all I can tell you is you just have to be up and stay on top of it and do your best and, you know, try to park in, you know, frankly, if you've got a driveway, the best thing to do is try to park in a driveway. And I know for some folks that's hard to do, but if that's... um, if that's you know if that's an option for you you should be doing so. So also this last storm reminds folks we talked about this a little bit this the end of this week I had some some folks I was talking to. Also a reminder for a lot of you that have moved in from out of state location 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 Kurt Rogers and I talked about this a little bit on Thursday Kurt's going to join us at 10:30 on Drive Radio as well but location 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 what do I mean by that? Well Given this last snowstorm, which a lot of you went through, folks from out of town that move here, I don't think they realize that when you buy a house facing north, you're going to have, in most cases, more snow that piles up. It will last longer because of the direction of our sun. Even this time of the year, you'll have more snow on the north side than you will the south side, even though the sun's getting more straight up in the sky. But location, location, location when you're buying a house. Those are some of the tips that I've got for those of you that are out looking for houses. And a lot of folks don't think about those things when you're actually looking at a house. You're, you, know, you sort of have this starry-eyed, oh, it's a beautiful home. It's got this. It's got that. It's got everything I want. And some folks forget to, to look at the location of the house, where it is in town, what direction does it face, how close to a road is it, how noisy is it. I mean, all these other factors that come into play, which, by the way— I feel affect resale. I know there's folks out there that maybe that's not as big of a deal. I guess if you come from California and you backed up to a freeway, you know, moving out here and backing up to one of our main roads, I guess isn't a big deal. But for a lot of folks, that is. And typically speaking, those homes that are in those areas that you know back up to some of our more busier streets, highways, and so on, those will typically not bring the kind of money that uh, you know comparable house that is more quiet and out of the way is. So at any rate, the housing market in Colorado is very hot. You all know that. Again, I'll talk to Kurt a little bit in Drive Radio. Uh, We'll get into some of that as well. But the housing market is hot. In a lot of cases, you're bidding, not buying a home. You're actually bidding on a home. And there are ways where you can make your offer stand out. We had a special guest joining us, but I've got notes on this as well, and I can cover this even without this particular uh, real estate person joining me, because frankly, I know as much about this as most of them do anyways, not knocking any of them, but I've done enough of this over the years where I can, I can we'll, we'll work through this, let's just put it that way. If you have a tip, by the way, on how to make your offer stand out, i.e. you're you know, bidding on a home today, if you've got a tip on how to make your offer stand out, give us a call, 303-477-5600. You can also text us, 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. Uh, that's our number. So what I'm going to do here is take a break now. We'll come back. I'm going to go through four major tips that should help you when it comes to you bidding on a property and when I say bidding, that's what I mean today, folks. It's we're in a we're in a, a particular time right now to where you know unless it's a really unique house and you're one of uh, you know one or two people maybe that are putting offers in, it's pretty much a bidding war right now. If you're going to go buy a house that's probably in the million, believe it or not, the million dollars. Actually, I'm going to go as high in this area and say if you're in the million five range or below the chances of you having multiple offers coming in on your property are very very high and when you're in that 5 to a million range 500,000 to a million range the chances of there being you know over a weekend 20 30 offers uh, that's a that's a big deal folks cuz that's what's going to happen and this is a seller's market right now Uh, frankly, I don't see that changing much in the near future. Uh, Interest rates going up. Again, we'll talk to Kurt Rogers in a little bit and uh, find out his thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, interest rates may go up some, and it may affect a little bit of that. But, again, when you start getting up into some of the the housing prices that we've got here in the Denver area, where, really, if you want to go buy a pretty decent, solid house, you know, plan on spending 600 k or more, uh, my point is you're going to typically have issues when it comes to other people bidding on the home the same time you are. Uh, J.D. Uh, from Lone Tree has some pet peeves as well. J.D., welcome. What's going on, sir?
0: Hi, guys. Um, uh, back in the 80s, uh, we were one of the first families that got a snowblower, ah. and it was kind of an obligation. You know, you were the only person on the block that had the snowblower, so right. because you were blessed with a snowblower, you helped out right. you know, where you could. Right. And two things. Uh, I've been doing that in my neighborhood here, and all these community newspapers, uh, and they deliver them at like 3 in the morning yes. and before the blizzard hits, so they're buried, and yep. they're absolute sheer pin snaps. Yeah, when they, get,
4: when they get sucked in the snowblower, it's not a good thing, is it?
0: No, it's no fun. And uh, I just don't understand why, you know, throw the newspaper on the grass, or right. if you're the actual homeowner and you know that I'm the guy that comes by and clears off the Go sidewalk. grab it. Yeah, would you just help me out a little bit? I'm trying yeah. to be a nice guy, but yeah. no, JD, I wind suffering I,
4: for it. I get the feeling that there's a lot of folks when there's a big snowstorm like that, they feel like they should just curl up in bed, hang tight, not worry about it. They'll get out and about when they feel like it. And rather than doing what the rest of us do, staying in front of the storm, which, by the way, is what you and I do, uh, rather than staying in front of it, they're in bed sleeping, letting the rest of us handle that. Yeah. I'm being honest. I mean, that's exactly the way it is. I mean, you know, and, and how do I know that? Because over in Golden, where I live, you know, everybody knows about the app next door or the website next door, and there's an app for it. So, over in Golden, I actually got to witness this week, or read, I should say, this week, a particular lady in downtown Golden complaining about the front-end loader being there at 4.30 in the morning, moving the big gigantic snow piles out of Washington Street, which is the main street running through Golden, because she didn't think they should be there that early doing that, that they should follow all of the other construction rules that a city sets, meaning they can't be out there before 7 or 7.30. J.D., it's ridiculous the amount of demands these people have. I can't believe it. They just live in a different world. They really the do. I mean, come on. I mean, my feeling is, listen, they're out there trying to get everything ready to go. So, so you know, as you go out about your day, you're not driving around big, huge snow piles in the middle of the road. And, yes, they're there at 430 because they know by 7 o'clock there's traffic, and that's when they've got to get it done.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, a little sacrifice, you know, a little common sense. Uh, uh, J.D., as a country,
4: I, I'm afraid as a country and a world, what you just said, those two words don't exist anymore.
0: I'm I'm right there with you
4: brother. I'm sorry but they don't.
0: Yeah, we'll take it back eventually. That's right.
4: Hey man, appreciate it. Thanks and uh, thanks I for taking care of your neighborhood, good, man. I appreciate it, JD. Chris hang tight. We'll come right back and talk to you in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is Fix It Radio KLZ 560.
3: Can you believe
4: how low rates are staying?
3: Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720 Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720 now, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720 500 where a reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720 500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by and NMLS 298191, equal credit lender.
5: Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National the no surprises insurance agent call 303-662-0789 that's 303-662-0789 and ask paul Lewinberger with american national insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you
1: get the coverage you expect your company is bleeding time and money and john rush will find those leaks You're too stuck in day-to-day weeds to step back and see the big picture. You need a qualified, experienced business coach to take stock of your expenses and see where you and your employees are wasting time and money. John firmly believes that every business owner needs a coach because you're too close to the situation to be objective. Email John now and make more money. John at RushToReason.com. All right,
4: Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. I do appreciate it very much. Chris in Berthet is next. Chris, welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um,
6: so I had a question about hot water heat. Yes. I have a house up in the mountains. Okay. And it's got hot water heat. My problem is is that I've got uh, one zone that runs through the kitchen.
4: Okay.
6: It is behind the kitchen cabinets. Hmm. And okay. so when it gets really cold, then um, shall we say uh, the uh, water in those pipes freezes and breaks, and then the whole system doesn't work Right. It has, has no water.
4: Right, and that was, that, that was a design flaw, as you know. So I guess the question would be, do you have a way to, which you can, and I'm assuming that you've got uh, you know, a control valve for that particular zone, right? So at the beginning of the winter, or when you know we're going to have a really cold spill, why don't you just manually open that valve and leave it open? Um, Because even if if they're the electronic valves, and I have the same thing in my home, you can, on the very back of it, there's a slide, and you can actually slide it and hook it to where it will not open and close at that point. It will always be open. Will the system circulate? Yes, it will. Uh Oh, And that way, you'd always have some warm water going through that area. Now, downside is you're going to have a little bit higher bill because you're going to be heating water, you know, fairly, you know, constantly, if you would, Chris. But, you know, oh, well, it's better than having a broken pipe.
6: uh, Yeah, cheaper than a broken pipe. Exactly. All the consequences of that. I was thinking about whether there was, you know, heat tape that I could put...
4: Along the pipe you know, you know, I mean, you could, but again, by the time you do that versus, you know, the method I just gave you, cost-wise, I think it's still going to be cheaper for you just to open that valve and let that hot water run through there all summer, or you know, all winter long. And then when you get to summer, close it off. Mm-hmm. And, and it really, it's not hard to do. I mean, we're really talking about you can you can use your finger to do it. I mean, I it's... How, I know how. Yeah. yeah, not a big deal. Uh, it's real simple.
6: Yep. That's what I do. Okay. Sounds
4: like plan. Okay. All right. All right, Chris. Sounds good. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks so much for the phone call. And uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and weekend. David in birthed again. You guys in birthed all? Do you guys all know each other, David?
6: Not necessarily. We're pretty (laughs) spread out around here. Uh, That's funny.
4: No, I I was telling Larry and and, uh, uh, Charlie that, man, birthed. Has changed a ton, not only from when I was a kid, but probably even David in the last what twenty years or so.
6: Yeah, I used to. I can remember coming through here in nineteen ninety and looking at the town, going, "I kind of like to live here, maybe one day in this area." And oddly enough, not oddly, I moved here in twenty ten.
4: Got it. And this place yep.
6: has totally changed, and it's. Yep. I'm gonna. I'll probably get slammed per se, but I think for the better because there's certain anomalies that happen when you stay really small that don't ever change.
4: Agree. No, I think and, you're right. I agree with that. And <laughs> I, I mean, some old timers up there may disagree, but I, I understand what you're saying. And I think you're correct.
6: Yeah. I grew up in the Dallas Fort Worth area when there was no DFW and all the cities were segmented. You could, you could definitely tell the difference between town, to town, city to city. And um, so I've seen an area change. Right. And so I think we're doing okay, but John, you, you, amongst anyone out there knows it better and you articulate it well about the 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 downsides of the way they're doing certain things, but the upside is I think the scale's weigh better that we're doing a little bit better job than I've seen in a lot of other areas of the country.
4: I agree. But
6: um I wanted to make a quick comment and then I have a legitimate question sure. about the snow. Sure. In the ten years I've lived here, the first year was twenty eleven. We had eighteen inches up here. And then 2016, we had close to the same amount. Those two instances, the first one I got to drive away from because I went back to Texas to see family, with my family. So we pull out of the driveway. I didn't shovel an inch, and it was ten, it was 18 inches. So I said, "Say, la vie. Right. I'm gone. But I still enjoy the snow. But 2016, I learned the hard way that um, staging is better. It's like eating an elephant. You right. One bite at a That's time. That's right. One
4: That's right. load at a time. You got it. That's and right.
6: So the last round, this last, um, I was out at 10:30. I think I went out at 10:30 and shoveled everything clear. the First round, and then I went out at seven the next morning, followed by probably I'm just I, three other times throughout Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: And, and there was not any group effort. We were just individually doing it. And I realized some of my other neighbors did. So Monday morning we went out to dig up the uh, dig out our driveways. In the subdivision and the front loader came down and uh, scraped actually when he saw us he raised it 10 inches and then went by
4: oh nice because he didn't want to yeah
6: I, and, that's and a nice driver didn't realize that it was and it didn't push in our driveways because we'd all we very neatly cleared out if you saw our subdivision though you guys were organized and then we went out and helped each other but the point was about the snow blower i really if we if we start seeing this more often I'm getting you a good heavy-duty two-stage because between – if a couple of us did it, we'd wipe out this area quick.
4: Well, and, you, and that's true in the majority of storms, although I will tell you, David, in this last storm, uh, at least none of the snow blowers we had as a company did squat. In fact, they all sat because they would not do anything with that snow. All, all it did was clog the chutes up. It was terrible.
6: Oh, that's incredible. Well, I got to talk to my son-in-law. He works for a uh, – um, I Maintenance company similar to yours up in Fort Collins, and I know he started working at like one or two in the morning
4: mm-hmm. and worked twenty four hours. I think. Well, you know, and, that, and it, it, real quick, did. and that's just as a as a comment, I guess I should say. I think this is one thing that, you know, at times, I don't even think some of my customers and probably his customers and the people that he does things for understand everything you just said a minute ago, David, about making those rounds and then not having to deal with, you know, 24 inches of snow at the end, but being able to deal with, you know, six to even 10 inches, you know, it's a whole different ball game when you've gone out and done several rounds versus just going out fresh. And that's why as a company, you know, we do the same thing. We try to make as many rounds as possible. And we did that all day Sunday until you couldn't get a crew from point A to point B because the cities couldn't keep up. The cities and counties couldn't keep up.
6: Okay, so that my wife was really, really, uh, we did a Bertha did a reasonable job. We really did clearing stuff. But I, I have a, a quick question, but a quick comment. What I did, I had two cars side by side because I keep one in the driveway. Mm-hmm. I mean, one in the garage, and I had two others out. So I and I kept the driveway clean because I faced the south, so I, I melt quick right. things clear up. So I had a totally clean driveway. Backed the second car up after I dug it out. And proceeded to unload all the snow in that area, didn't think much about it, got to that, uh, and this was on Monday, and looked over, I go, I can't believe I even did this. I had totally boxed in the other car. Mm. I couldn't have driven it out to save my life, Mm. you know how the stuff hardens up. And my neighbor came over and said, man, I'm going to help you. And we dug out the front um, mound that I'd put in front of it, not thinking. So here's my, let me jump to my question and give somebody else a chance. When the snow's built up against your house, um, I'm used to brick. This house I'm in does, is all siding. Right. And if you left it sitting up against the house two feet as it's melting,
4: yeah, it's gonna it's gonna wick into that. And in that you you. Thank you. I, and I'm glad you said that. It was one of the things on my notes today, David. Is yes, you would want to whether it's up against you know, garage doors, even the brick. The brick will wick as well. I, I, You want to get that snow away from that brick as soon as you can, okay. or, or the siding okay. or the stucco or whatever happens to be there.
6: So it is. That's. I have previous experience in homes and so forth, and I've started thinking about it because I know the construction side of it, and I'm like, that could create a disaster.
4: Yes, it could. Yeah, 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 there's some folks out there that I would venture to guess, depending upon you know, their home when it was built and how much snow actually drifted in. I mean, some some homes, you know, that have like an east-facing front where that sn- snow was blowing in across the top of the house could easily have stacked up to four or five feet on the front of the house. And, yeah, you'd want to get all that out of there, definitely.
6: Yeah, that's. I'm going to double-check mine. Mine started melting because I get pretty good sun exposure, and it seems to melt. But also, you don't think about putting heat tape up on your gutters and that but i went around and shoveled off the edges yes and that Couldn't and, and we're going to talk story. to
4: dave from roof max here in a few minutes and that's one of the things I'll, I'll mention to him and he'll get some answers from him i do think certain houses depending upon your eaves and how things are heat tape is not a bad thing at all
6: okay okay no well, appreciate you guys you're always. very welcome. David, welcome david thanks, thanks
4: as always i appreciate your support as well uh, you know thanks for joining us as always uh before we take a break let's go to john and cheyenne john what's going on sir
7: Hey, you guys had it easy down there.
4: Yeah, we did. Compared to you,
7: we had thir- We had thirty-six inches, and I eighty was closed until Tuesday afternoon.
4: Yeah. Wow. Between
7: the Nebraska line and and um, Rollins both ways, and then eastbound from the Utah line because they had no more room for anybody in all the little towns, you know, in all the right. towns along the way. So, right. Right. Um, I haven't been able to drive to or from my house yet. I've been helping my neighbor. I've been snowshoeing from my house down to his barn to wow. feed for him. Wow. Because he's 84. So you got to help out. Yeah, you do. Snowshoes. Good
4: for you, John. That's, you're a good man. And, good for uh, you.
7: So this morning I walked out to the bulldozer because that's the only thing that's going to open the road. And it cranked. So it sounded like it needs a little bit of uh, uh, cause it's a – because it's an open cab, open right. bulldozer that's parked outside. So I'm going to walk out here in a few minutes and put the battery charger on it.
4: Yeah, get her, get her a little hey. warmed up, and you'll, you'll get her fired up.
7: Well, yeah, the sun is beating down on it, which is nice right yeah, now. That's so, good. And it's about 43 degrees. But I, I don't know if you saw it. I texted you a picture of the drift on the uh, I did. <clears throat> southwest side of my house. My dog decided that he was going to leave his yard, and he just walked up and over to the top of it and took himself for a walk. On Monday morning.
4: That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's and by the way, great picture. I mean that that's a, that. I mean again, yeah. You you guys had you know a lot of snow. Although I'll tell you, John, there were places down here where we're the, with the wind blowing, uh, there were some places. You know, because I, I was out with my crews, I don't normally have to yeah. do that, but this one was big enough that I did. We we had some places. I mean, I, I did some banks and some drive ups and such that probably had four or five feet of snow in them just because of the blowing and drifting.
7: Oh yeah, we well we had bl- where I live, and I'm 20 miles west of Cheyenne. We had blizzard conditions yep. for 10 hours.
4: Oh, that's that's yeah. So we, we didn't have quite a- we didn't quite have 10, but we had probably a good, uh, I'd say mm-hmm. five to six, about half of what you had.
7: And that drift that you're looking at on the deck side of it, I I hit it twice. The other thing where we lucked out and you didn't, it was about 15 degrees colder than it was. Mm. my cousin in Fort Collins I mm. talked to. So it was about 20 degrees so the snow was just Snow is easier to move. Before.
4: Yes. Yes. So
7: I, where I was able to use the blower, I used the blower twice on the deck and in the morning I got up and it was
4: Yeah, that didn't work pump. out so well for us down here as you heard me talking earlier. The thing it was it was just it was soupy. I mean, I will tell you on on Sunday trying to push oh. snow on Sunday uh it was soupy enough and frozen enough at the bottom that it was one of you know the i mean i've plowed a lot of snow in my years and that was a that was a t- that was a tough storm on sunday monday was much easier to push snow sunday was a tough push
7: and how about how much damage did you wind up doing to your equipment
4: well out of all the trucks and i have a bunch you know knock on wood dave yeah. you know we had we had yeah. two or three issues with some trucks which i thought we would honestly i thought we'd have a whole lot more given how heavy it was and just the fact oh, that, you yeah. know, we, we had a few trucks that, you know, and, that, and that's when we finally had to call people off and, and send them home and let them get some rest and such. Is when you had trucks sure. where you couldn't get around, you know, people stuck in streets, which means we were getting stuck and having to tow each other out and so on. When it got to that point, you know, we were kind of calling it it's quits funny. and letting everybody get caught up.
7: Well, the other thing is we lost power at my house Sunday at noon. Got it back about Monday, one o'clock. Wow. Because, and I, well, here's why. I know some people that work for the local utility. The wine crews were pulled off because they couldn't get out there
4: yeah. Yeah.
7: To, to fix it. Yep. The county called them and said, we're pulling our plows off the road because as fast as we're plowing it, yep. it's blowing back yep. in behind Yeah, it.
4: same thing was happening yeah. down here. I mean, they did it, I and mean, I'll, I'll give, you know, the majority of the... The uh, the state, on the CDOT side, they did a much better job. Some of the cities, and I'll, I'll mention one in particular, Broomfield, sucked. They they couldn't get enough <laughs> snow plowed to save so, their life. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. I
7: mean, Chey- Cheyenne's fighting it still. They closed school the whole week. They just kept mm. looking and saying, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's so much in the streets. Right. And like that lady that was complaining uh, about the right. front-end loader, Right. there were some people in downtown Cheyenne that were complaining that, the loaders weren't getting there fast enough because what they were doing it was pushing everything along the curb and then having dump trucks and loaders right. to pick it up and right. pick it up to right, uh, which is all they can do. One of the, take it up to one of the parks and just yep. was dumping it in huge piles. That's all you can that do. It'll it and those piles will probably be there till the frontier days.
4: Yep, <laughs> could be. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So,
7: yeah. So, John, the other thing I was going to say to people that want to move here, and I moved here 18 years ago and live out in the middle of nowhere you have to invest in at least an 8kw generator That's right. to run your basics
4: and a snowplow and
7: sure have water huh
4: and a snowplow
7: snow yep. Or sn- snowshoes and a crosscut there
4: you cities. go there you work. go. John, <laughs> John, as always, man, I day. appreciate it. I, I, I love you, Colin. I do, I do appreciate all the support. Uh, Jeff in Western Montana, hang tight. Dave from Roof Max, we'll get you going first. Jeff has a roof question as well, so we'll talk to both of those guys as soon as we come back. Don't go anywhere. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560.
5: Paul Luenberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303 6620789 That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect.
3: Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. 720-895-0500. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender
8: roof max in south aurora keeps your roof going strong with roof rejuvenation modern asphalt shingles are manufactured with less oil than they used to be so they dry out sooner leaving them brittle and unable to expand and contract with the extreme temperature swings especially here on the front range where your roof handles high elevation sun uv exposure and severe spring and summertime storms along with more than twice the national average snowfall Your shingles wear out even faster roof rejuvenation with roof max could save you up to 85 percent Just one application of their all-natural bio-oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, RoofMax could help your roof last 15 years longer. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at (laughs) 303-710-6916.
4: All right, Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining me today. I do appreciate it very much. Dennis Brewster, who's normally with me, is off. He's in Lake Powell, was going to go last weekend, but, of course, with the snow, was not able to do so. Dave, though, from Roof Max, joining us now. We've got a call also from Jeff in western Montana. Dave, I'll let you start, and, and I'll okay. probably bring Jeff into the conversation here in a moment. But how's Dave today? Sounds good. I am doing
9: great. The sun is shining, and the uh, snow is melting, so we're doing
4: good. All right, I had a question a moment ago when it comes to you know, certain roofs and heat tape and so on. What's your suggestion on some of that? You know,
7: heat tape
9: works good in the gutters. Um, it helps. It definitely helps pre- prevent against uh, ice damming. You know, when the snow on the roof melts and freezes in the gutter, it falls again the next afternoon, it freezes again at night. Uh, it definitely helps keep down on that, keep some water flowing, uh, versus having these huge ice drifts, if you will, build up on the eaves
4: right. of the roof.
9: So it's, uh, I do recommend it. It's a great idea.
4: Okay, so the for Dave that was just calling in a few minutes ago, uh, there's your answer, and I think there's even you know like in, in my roof I've got one particular section that uh, faces north, and it's always one of those areas mm-hmm. that does exactly what you're talking about. There's you know there's some uh, can, can yeah. I, I keep the heat tape up there, Dave, just for what you're talking about. Turn it on and off, and away we go. Absolutely, yeah, it definitely helps out a lot. I'm just
9: keeps it from freezing and falling every day.
4: Exactly. All right, let's get uh, yeah. Jeff in from Western Montana. Find out what uh-huh. question he's got. Jeff, you're on with Dave Hart from RoofMax. What's going on, Jeff?
2: Hey, good morning. I'm sure glad I live in oh, western yeah. Montana. And we don't have any snow. Yeah, anymore. there you go. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're about an hour and a half from Glacier. Uh, and nice. I they haven't even started on those highways yet. They probably won't have going to the Sun Highway open until sometime in June. So, Got it. Yeah. Um, so I can empathize with you guys. I was watching it unfold from up here and going.
4: Yeah, and the biggest uh, difference, Jeff, is you guys up there have – you know, probably more hardy individuals that more that are more used to that. We have a ton of transplants here that don't think it should ever snow.
2: Oh, we have had there's there's two folks from Texas who've moved in nearby. One guy bought 120,000 acres um, to build on. I mean, he wow, know, it's a typical Texan thing. But there, we we have something like 2,400 people who registered new vehicles in, in just this county.
4: Okay, well, then you're not going to be much different than us.
2: No, housing prices are booming. Lumber prices are, are out wow. of sight. We're, wow. we're pretty much experiencing just what you're experiencing, only wow. on a lesser level.
4: Wow. Okay, um, I didn't you know, know that. I'm learning every day.
2: With you. Yep. Um, but when you're talking about snow on roofs, um, my stepdad had a, a house in the Sealy-Swan Valley here that had a metal roof. He had a metal roof put on, and we rented a house with a metal roof for a while as well. And there was a – we had a real issue with snow coming off of that. The roof would get warm, it'd melt underneath, and all of a sudden you just have this <laughs> this snow Why dump. Not? And I know you're supposed to put yeah. rakes and or, or some sort of a snow fence on there, but I, I think a lot of people don't. And and uh, I, I'm just not a fan of them. I mean, my stepdad, he had so much snow come off his roof that they would bring a, a front end loader in and push it a, away from his glass mm-hmm. on his window so his windows wouldn't break. Yes. So – um, so that I don't really don't have a question it was just a comment on, on, on that on metal
4: roofs <laughs> no um, and, and and no and Jeff by the way appreciate the phone call and hang tight up there in One western Montana time. thanks for all that you do we do appreciate it and thanks for listening on a regular basis uh, and, you know and Dave that kind of leads to you know you and the fact that there are especially in Colorado we've got multiple types of, of roofs and, and yes. you know you and I both know in some cases I'm not sure folks even know what they have <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it
9: definitely most of them know, they don't think about a lot, but we do have a lot of different, we have, you know, concrete roofing tiles, uh, stone coated metal, roofing system, standing seam, smooth metal, asphalt, uh, still some wood shakes out, there. So there's a lot of variety out here, and, uh, and I know on the metal roofs you definitely get that, and they have these, uh, I forget the exact term, and everybody has a different sling name for them, but so there's like little uh, hooks that you can mount onto the metal, it helps hold those on, uh, the, the large amounts of snow and address it. They get on the middle of the roofs, but uh, I'm not a fan of them as such just because that just keeps a lot of that weight. You know, if you get that much snow on the mm. roof that you're, you're concerned about falling off the roof, just, especially this last summer, we got you know, out here where I live. Um, it was super wet, super heavy. Um, I kind of prefer to just use caution, stay away from it, and allow stuff to get off the roof.
4: Well, you know, that was a just question I was going to have for you, and I sh- I'm sure other people listening are having, you know, similar questions, you know, at what point, or excuse me, or do we in this particular area have to worry about how much snow is stacked on the roof? In other words, you know, I think there's folks out there worrying about, you know, should they get up there, shovel some off, do right. some things to address it, or do you just, to your point, let it sit up there and melt? Or have we got enough, you know, snow load built into our code to handle that?
9: Um, definitely have enough code. Uh, now, I'm sure there's, there's
4: that exception you know, like, like uh, the 2012, we had that 100-year flood
9: or 500 year flood. Everybody called it something different. But um, I, would, I would say, you know, that this last one, especially I was up at Fort Collins, uh, low-ending, really, really at the end of the day, and they still had 18 inches of snow hmm. on the roofs out there. Not where I'm at, I didn't have any just because of the amount of we got. Right, right. Um, but with it being this wet, uh, I would have a little concern. When you start getting, like, three feet or or thicker, um, but generally speaking, I wouldn't be too worried about it uh, with the way they build stuff out here. I mean, 95% of homes out here built
4: are designed to handle uh, that kind of weight just per code. Okay. So for most people listening, it's not a huge issue. I guess if you had an individual question, call Dave, ask him directly, and, you know, he could give you some advice on that. But, yeah, to me, Dave, it's more of my concern out of people being up there and then falling off and having yeah. other things happen versus what may or may not happen to the roof and i think in what you just said a moment yeah, ago is absolutely. probably the case that you, you we've got yeah, enough just, code in most areas here where it's not a huge issue right just be safe
9: yeah that's that's a, the first part is to be safe but i think you're just fine for the majority of, of the storms that we get
4: okay so now we we talk yeah. about after the storm what are mm-hmm. things folks should be looking at as we, you know, things are starting to melt. In fact, there'll be a lot of homes today that most of the roofs will, you know, by the time we get to 63 today and we roll through the rest of the, the, the this evening. And, and I know it's going to get a little cooler tomorrow and may have a little snow coming in Monday or so. But for the most part, the majority of roofs in our area will be almost done melting by the time the day's out. What do they need to be sure. looking at?
9: Um, just
4: the, all your penetrations mainly. Uh, you and I talked a
9: couple weeks back, and we had that, that big phrase out here. How just on the interior of a, of my home specifically, the, the caulking and sealant around the windows that were on the interior mm-hmm. of my home. How much that pulled away and separated. You can just imagine what that does on stuff on your roof. So you, you should definitely have your roof checked out regularly. Um, all your sealants around all your your uh, plumbing pipe jacks, your Uh, vents, any penetrations, there should be some sealant around those. Uh, That will pull away and start cracking. And then we get rain and snow sitting on top of those.
4: It'll eventually work its way inside
9: the house somewhere.
4: On these bigger storms like we've got that we just had where it's wet, we know that there's going to be some freezing, melting, freezing, melting. You know, is Mm -hmm. now a good time to just have the roof inspected after all that to make sure we don't have anything going on like you just mentioned? In other words, call you, get you out, and have you look at things?
9: Absolutely. Yeah, you, you just... You just want to make sure they everything's okay, and you should have somebody
4: out at a minimum once a year just to check. I
9: out. agree. Just the, the, the climate out here is so dry, and again, we're we to the sun. Our air is thinner. Our air is drier. Uh, things uh, wear out much faster up on the roofs out here. Uh, and, and what I'm seeing on, on out here, here now, in, um, I mean, roofs that are seven, eight years old are just
4: they're they beat it pretty
9: good, and, and people think that they got thirty years on them, and
4: they just they're not going to get them. thirty years out. No, you, you're you're so, bringing up a great point. If you don't do yeah. some of the you know, just like we're going to do on drive radio in a few minutes, if you don't do some preventative maintenance on that, you're not going to get the 30 years out of it. Definitely. It's sad, but it's true. Well, and I was just going to say, Dave, I think part of that issue is, you know, it's it's much like the automotive world. You know, we've done a ton of retraining of of folks' thoughts, even when it comes to maintenance, synthetic oils, all these different things when it comes to their vehicles on drive radio, and we've been doing this for a yeah. very, very long time, and it's taken literally years to change people's, you know, habits around when it comes to that. Yes. I, I kind of think this is a similar situation because I think most people, and by the way, I, before I met you, I was one of these. You put a roof mm-hmm. up and you think, oh, I'm good for the next 25, 30 years. I don't have to do anything. Well, right. until I met you right. and learned more about what's going on, I I was one of those people.
9: Yeah. And most most of what I'm
4: doing, I'm going to say most of what I'm doing, a lot of
9: what I'm doing is re-educating. Just like you're mentioning, as far as maintenance on your vehicles, is the same thing. Um, it is how important it really is. And when I, when I own my own, a traditional roofing company. I didn't, I didn't look at it in the eyes that I do now, um, but I look back at so many different aspects back in the day where that applies, and just shingles are just wearing out, um, and especially. At, and I looked at a roof yesterday um, out here on the plains, and uh, uh, I put a price together because we we're not able to apply the roof max product to it. It's going to have to be replaced. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But it's got a layer of wood shake, two layers of asphalt on top. So it's going to uh-huh. be uh, going up on the market. So it, it's going to have to be replaced, wow. unfortunately. Um, but the cost of that, even for me, I was astonished yesterday. I um, mean, you're talking uh, just 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 in the last week, uh, sugar prices went up twenty percent. Last week, just, all, just in just last week, sugar prices went up almost wow, like
4: eighteen eighteen and a half, somewhat percent. So wow, twenty percent, it went up. Again. All right, all right. So, folks, again, that's all the more reason to yeah. call Dave, get him out, get your roof looked at. If there's a way to rejuvenate it, which in a lot of cases there are, he can save you literally thousands of dollars down the road. We talked in depth a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that podcast if you need to where we had Dave on. And we'll keep having Dave on in the future to talk more about this because, again, this is a total, you know, really retraining of of the way folks think, Dave, when it comes to, you know, their roof and the maintenance of. And, again, I think most people think it's a, you know, you put it up and leave it sort of a thing, and that's not the case at all. Unfortunately, it's not, no. I wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was, too. But you know what? Hey, it yeah. is It is what it is. got to take it care is. of it, you know, try to get the longevity out of it that we need. How do Indeed. folks get a hold of you, Dave? Uh, 303-710-6916. So you can
9: go to uh, roofmax.com. And please feel free call if you have any
4: questions. And all right. Really Dave, appreciate the time. Dave, I appreciate it very much. I'll have you out on mine here you coming bet. up in April. That's our plan. I'll let you guys all know how very that good. goes, which I know it's already going to go very, very well. But, Dave, you I appreciate bet. it. Those of you listening, please you get bet. a free roof inspection. And don't forget $200 off coupon in March. If you need something done you from bet. Dave, he'll take care of that and honor that. So, Dave, as always, I appreciate it, sir. Oh, thank you. appreciate your time. You betcha, man. Take care. Again, his number, 303-710-6916. We'll be right back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Fix-It Radio.
3: Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where a reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by and NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Paul
5: Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-6620789-0. That's 303-662-0789, and ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect.
1: Your company is bleeding time and money, and John Rush will find those leaks. You're too stuck in day-to-day weeds to step back and see the big picture. You need a qualified, experienced business coach to take stock of your expenses and see where you and your employees are wasting time and money. John firmly believes that every business owner needs a coach because you're too close to the situation to be objective. Email John now and make more money. John at RushToReason.com.
4: All right, Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Jeff Corwin joining me now from JC's British and 4x4, because we're going to gear up for Drive Radio in a few minutes. But Jeff's a good handyman around the house as well.
9: Oh, yeah. Every mechanic can work on their own. You can hold your own.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, it kind of goes with the territory also. And when you're an owner of a business like, you know, Jeff and I are, you learn all sorts of talents that you're able to use not only in the shop, in the business, but at home as well because you just can't afford to call a repair guy every time you turn around. Oh, so you have to. You just learn it. <laughs> absolutely. It's what you do. Yeah. All right. So I've got a few tips for some of you that may be looking to buy a house. As you all know, uh, this particular area... And we just heard from Jeff in Western Montana that said it's not much different up there. So there's a lot of parts of the country where it's very much like this. It's not just Colorado. The housing market is hot. They haven't built enough homes to keep up. Uh, despite all of coronavirus in the economy, there's still a lot of folks out there that are looking to buy homes. The interest rates even today are still low. Yeah, they've ticked up ever so slightly, but let's face it folks, you know my first house I bought in 86 was nine and three quarter percent we're still really low today so that yeah,
9: was about eight and a half in yeah. 97 exactly so. so we're
4: really low folks so yeah we'll still count our blessings along those lines but here's some tips and I don't necessarily you know agree with some of these these tips but what I will say is if you want to if you want to be ahead of the other buyers that are bidding that's what's happening right now you're literally you're not buying a house you're bidding on a house that's what's happening right now And if you want to be ahead of the next buyer, you almost have to agree to take the house as is. In other words, you kind of do enough of your inspection as you're doing your walkthroughs at that point. Hopefully, you're able to do that uh, or bring somebody with you that has that ability to look at a few things. You know, Jeff and I, you know, I can go through a house and pretty well look at it and say, yeah, pretty solid house. Or no, this thing's got a lot of issues. I can usually tell within about 15 minutes what things are like. You know, what's it been cared like? You know, what's the care maintenance been like? Mm -hmm. So on and so forth. So... One of the ways to get ahead, again, is just to take the house as is. In other words, no inspection. You take it. Now, you got to be careful that you don't get burned on that. And, again, I go back to what I said a moment ago. If that's your plan and that's what you're trying to do to stay ahead of the next buyer, when you go do that showing and maybe even do a follow-up showing, which in some cases may be tough to do because some of these things are selling in a weekend – you better bring somebody along, or you yourself know what to look at if you're going to put in a no inspection offer.
9: Makes sense. Because It's risky. Yeah,
4: really risky because you're you're basically saying I'm going to buy this thing as is. Uh, the next one is agree to pay above the appraised value. Now again, that's where it gets a little dicey. You've got to have enough money, you know, down and and be able to handle things along those lines. So let's say you buy a house. We'll just use round numbers. Five hundred K. That becomes your offer, but it only appraises at four hundred and fifty well they're only going to loan you x amount of money based upon the 450 not the 500 selling price you've got to be able to make up that difference if you can well you can agree to pay, pay above the appraised value that's going to probably put you ahead in the bidding process but you got to make sure you can do that
0: yep. Yep.
4: now personally speaking i have a problem with that personally now i'm not saying that that's not what you do to get ahead of the other buyers what i'm saying is personally speaking i have a hard time overpaying for something and if you're gonna pay above an appraised value you're overpaying for the property does that make sense yep and i struggle with that just my it's just i don't know what it is being in business all these years whatever i mean i understand the value of certain things and i understand that over time that probably will come back and that value will still increase and you'll be okay but I just really have a hard time overpaying for things. I don't have a problem paying for something of what it's worth. I have no issues with that whatsoever. But I do have a hard time paying for something that doesn't, you know, if a house appraised at 500 would I pay $550? Uh, I, I would have a hard time doing that, personally speaking. Yeah. Well,
7: that's why I don't go to, like, auto auctions and exactly you know, <laughs> go to Barrett Jackson, and it's just a— uh, it's a who can throw down more kind of thing. Yeah,
4: I, I've never been that guy, and I and I and I probably never will be. Uh, one of these uh, these tips also is focus on the monthly payment. Most people are buying houses with a mortgage, and most of you will be. So if you're in that group, then the most important thing for you to consider is your monthly payment. Uh, that you're agreeing to pay for over the next you know 30 years or so. So again, that is something you need to be focused on. That is where some of these uh, uh, interest rates ticking up a little bit will affect that because your your payments are going to go up with the interest rates going up. So that's something you need to consider. Again, personally, not something I've ever bought a house on. I've always bought things, houses, cars, whatever, based upon the total value. Not the payment. In other words, if I ever go in to buy a car at a dealership, which I haven't done for years, but if I was going to go into Purefo Chevrolet and buy a car, I wouldn't be saying, Yep, I want to buy a car for five hundred a month. No, I'd be saying I'd like this car and I want that price quoted to me on that car. I'll figure the rest out. I just want to know what's the car gonna cost me. Yeah. That's how I look at it.
7: Yeah, lots of different ways to I look know. at and
4: it. I and you know. some people do. You know, they've got a budget. They can only afford so much per month. Yeah, and I understand that. But, again, we're talking about how do you stay ahead of the next buyer. The the last tip on this is is don't wait for a market crash. And, by the way, this one I do fully agree with because I don't see one coming. I don't see a market crash coming, folks. And the reason for that is, and we'll talk to Kurt Rogers here at about 1030 along these lines, uh, which, by the way, affects everything else we do from cars to business to everything because if we have a huge housing uh, market crash it affects all of us in numerous ways even if you're even if you're healthy financially it will still affect you if that happens but i don't see that coming uh, mainly because it's a supply and demand issue just like anything else in business is. if we have more houses on the market than buyers then yes things come down there's a crash and we have issues On the same token, if there's not enough houses to meet the demand, which, by the way, is where we are right now, then that naturally pushes prices up. Now, will interest rates ticking up, you know, slow some of that down? There's also some other uh, forecasters out there. I don't know that I necessarily agree with this, but there's some other forecasters out there claiming that as COVID starts to subside, people will start putting their house on the market. They'll feel more comfortable about moving someplace else. I'm not I'm not a buyer in that particular philosophy. I, I I don't see, and I could be wrong, but I don't see that. Uh, I don't I don't see that happening. I think that folks that were going to move during COVID already would have or did. Uh in some cases, if they bought a second home or whatever the case may be, I think a lot of that has already happened. I don't see people waiting for COVID to subside to move. If anything, I think COVID made some people move that maybe wouldn't have moved otherwise.
0: Yeah,
7: makes sense. You know, and it's it's always a hard one to figure the, the general mentality of, you know, the nation, if you will, right. And, uh, you know, I'm the one that, you know, being in a, you know, was it um, a required industry or whatever right. that, you know, we right. didn't slow essential, down essential, essential business, business. Right. you know, I, I don't have the mentality of stopping what I'm doing for this COVID uh, scenario. Um, but others, you know, did. completely did, and it's a different world. And agree, you know, they are probably
4: waiting for whatever to be relaxed. Yeah. Agree, Joe, in New Jersey, you got a minute. Go ahead, sir.
0: Hey, John, just a quick uh, caution for people about insurance. Most people now get insurance based on re- replacement costs,
4: right? The yeah, price be of careful. Lumber has-
0: Yes. The price of lumber has gone through the roof. Yes, it has. Looking today, yes, at plywood yep. and two by fours. It's more than double what it was a year ago. Yep. So,
4: be careful. Yeah, and sure. yeah. You should be reviewing your policy with your agent right now, putting all of that into consideration.
0: Yeah, and most of them have a calculator. But again, if you if you're based on if your replacement cost is based on a two year old replacement cost estimate, it's hopefully uh, yeah. Woefully underpriced.
4: Yeah. No, in fact, Joe, I would advise folks, and this is kind of what I'm doing, is you need to look at what you think today's replacement costs even are, and I'd even up that by fifteen, twenty percent if it were me, because the insurance cost isn't that much.
0: Yeah, to, to get it up, so if if replacement cost was estimated at three fifty, it's not a big deal to go to five hundred thousand. No, and I would
4: go to five hundred in today's world. Yeah, that's a great example. No, great stuff. Joe, I appreciate it, as always. Uh, Love you calling in and giving that advice. So, yeah, those of you listening, and by the way, Paul Lewinberger from American National Insurance, my agent, would love to help you with everything Joe just said a moment ago. But, hey, that's it for Fix It Radio. If you're listening on Tuesday afternoon, thank you very much. We do appreciate it. Rush to Reason is next. Otherwise, join us every Saturday at 9 a.m. Up next, though, it's Drive Radio right here on KLZ 560.